safely as you make your way home this afternoon. All right, uh, let's uh, bring in Kyle Yeomans. Uh, first of all, Kyle, thanks for being with us. Are you in Oxnard? you in Arizona? Are you headed back to Dallas? What's your story right now? Yeah, so uh, so we left Oxnard at about 10 a.m. Pacific time, and we just landed in Arizona, uh, currently in downtown Phoenix here for the next two days. So getting ready for uh, tomorrow night's matchup and, and getting prepped and ready to go with the team. It's not hot, is it? Uh, so we went from <laughs> 72 degrees, Ward, to what is – wait, let me look at it right now. The updated temperature in Phoenix, 93. Ooh. So, yeah, it's it's not ideal, to say the least, after having uh, a full three and a half weeks of spoiled, just perfect weather. But, yeah, it, it's a little hot, to say the least. Hey, you're in the desert. It's a dry heat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Probably not as bad as what you guys are dealing with, I would have to think. It's only about 200% humidity, but not, not, a, not a big deal. <laughs> uh, and you're, you're, you'll get it a couple of days when you get home. Hey, all oh, right, yeah. let, let's talk about Dak as we, we – I mean, we're going to talk about Dak until we get all this figured out. Why another MRI? <laughs> so he just said it was basically a checkup. And, and honestly, if you if you go back, and I know the, the national storylines right now are talking about how, oh, my gosh, it's another MRI. That's always cause for concern. and yada 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 if you go back and listen to the context in which he said it in it was during his press conference yesterday in Oxnard it was just in front of the media he goes yeah no I feel great I've been throwing fine I haven't had any sort of setback I haven't had any sort of pain we're going to go and just make sure that everything is gone as to what we looked at two and a half weeks ago when this is a three to four week injury and he even went into it to say that over the course of an MLB season, yes, Major League Baseball, doctors see this 100 different times, and it's really not a huge deal. This was a freak thing for a quarterback in the NFL to deal with. So it's a little bit out of the ordinary, but it's nothing really to be concerned about. And if you were watching him yesterday throw to his receivers, two days ago he was throwing to Amari Cooper and kind of starting to ramp things back up. I really don't think there's a whole lot to be concerned about. And then, of course, the tweet came out yesterday, and you're talking about a little bit of sassiness, I think, from the social media side of things. And that was picked up and ran with by a lot of the national media. So if you are a Cowboys fan and you're sitting there in Waco and you're thinking, my goodness, is this happening again? Don't worry. I really don't think it's a whole lot to worry about. He has been throwing with Amari Cooper a little bit, and and with that, how he looked in that, and I'm sure he's being very, very careful, Mm -hmm. but – being able to just have that throwing motion, does he look comfortable in that situation? Yeah, really no change in the arm angle. He was asked that yesterday, too, which I thought was a great question of, has he changed any of the arm angle? Because you know if you have any sort of pain, it's really easy to just naturally human instinct is to try and go away from it. And No, he looks good. Uh, His throwing angle, his throwing motion looks pretty similar to what Uh, He's had earlier, like you said, there is a bit of timidness just to be careful along the way and not to overdo it. But, I mean, he he was playing catch with the equipment staff early on, just kind of lobbing it back and forth. And then whenever they got into walkthroughs and then they were actually throwing it uh, to Amari Cooper and then back into the net yesterday during the quarterback drills, everything looked like it was supposed to. And there was really nothing – uh, to to be concerned about around the way that he's throwing the football and the way that he's moving. 
Kyle, I wanted to ask you about hard knocks. Uh, w- what were your thoughts on on the hard knocks, and, and is that a, a, a an accurate depiction of of training camp? So, I first off, my first thought was, man, that was a really, really well sounding voice, really beautiful. Yeah, I like the way the show opened it up. <laughs> the series, yeah, I thought that could have could not have been better. Uh, just in my own opinion, I mean, humbly, of course. Uh, but, you know, I, I really did think they did a really nice job of setting up training camp because I felt like the whole episode was refreshing. It was very raw at, at where there wasn't a ton of storytelling. It was mostly just, hey, here are Zeke and Dak, who are the most notable names, the biggest celebrity names, on the team, here's Micah Parsons, who's probably the biggest offseason storyline, trying to fix a horrendous defense from 2020. And they set up the series, I think, to be really intriguing. And, and the, the you also got to think about it. From a Cowboys fan, you, you didn't learn a whole lot. You might have learned a little nuance here and there around the team. But if you're a national football fan and you're watching the, the, the Cowboys' rendition of Hard Knocks, that was the best way to set it up. Here are the biggest storylines. Let's get those out of the way early, and then let's start getting into the, the the real intriguing stories over the next four episodes in the next four weeks. I think that's what they did, and I really did. I, I, I liked it. I, I was entertained by it. The part where Dak was at the door of Ezekiel Elliott while he was wrapping the gift almost made me fall out of my chair. I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was pretty indicative of how their relationship is. So I thought the, the HBO crew did a really nice job. Kyle Yeoman is with us here on the ESPN Central Texas game time from the Dallas Cowboys Network. And Kyle, I wanted to ask you about Jalen Smith and with what you saw with Micah Parsons, and I know it's a very small sample size, but you can see the guy going from sideline to sideline and, and really having the ability to get up and down the field. Is this a make-or-break season for Jalen Smith? Absolutely. I, I think it is. And it's not even just a either or with it being Jalen Smith or Micah Parsons. It's more of the they want all three of those guys out there. They want Leighton Vanderess, Jalen Smith, Micah Parsons to play together, and it allows Jalen Smith to kind of play to his strengths. And that's why I think it is a make or break year because there is a potential out in his contract heading into this offseason, following the, the the course of what will be this regular season. So if they felt like, oh, we get better value out of Micah Parsons and Leighton Vanderesh than we do Jalen Smith, then there's an easy way for the organization uh, to kind of move on from there. So I think it is, it, it's going to be a chip on the shoulder type of year for both him and Leighton Vanderesh when you go out and you spend the 12th overall pick in the draft on a guy like Parsons who can play the will linebacker, who can play the middle linebacker, and isn't pigeonholed into being in a specific spot. He's just a good football player. And I think that has put pressure on both Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith, but more specifically Smith, who has the bigger deal, who has uh, the, the out that could be uh, exercised at the end of the, the season. So I think overall he's going to have to have a big year. Kyle, have you, uh, in watching the uh, the practices over the, the two and a half weeks that you've been there, is there is there been a player that has just kind of jumped off the page that you went hmm didn't didn't know that was coming or or has there been a, a disappointment uh, thought I I thought thought we might get more out of this guy have you have you had one of those moments? 
I've got a great answer for this because it comes from the same exact position. So my most exciting, like, surprise of training camp has been Maurice Kennedy, the slot corner veteran guy who opted out of the 2020 season. A lot of people forgot he was even on the roster coming into training camp. And uh, we really liked him going into last season before the opt-out because he was going to bring a veteran presence. He played a, a good amount of time in the NFL. And then also he brings us an added element to special teams as well. I mean, he's a special teams ace. That was what he was advertised as coming in a year ago. Well, not only has he been that, but he's turned around and he's been the best corner outside of maybe Trayvon Diggs in the entire camp. And that's saying something because Anthony Brown's had a good camp. Trayvon Diggs is, is at the top of that list, but Kennedy's right behind him. He's had at least four interceptions. He's had multiple PBUs throughout the course of camp. He's stuck with guys like CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown with relative ease. And he's starting to chase the guy who I think has had maybe the most disappointing camp, and that's Jordan Lewis in the slot corner spot, who signed the three-year, $13.5 million deal throughout the offseason to bring him back as what was supposed to be your starting corner. Well, he missed a lot of time early in training camp with a nagging injury, got back to, to at least full speed from what we were told, and he's been relatively disappointing. You see him on occasion uh, really beat by guys like Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson. He had a play yesterday from Osiris Mitchell, who is an undrafted free agent receiver, and Mitchell had at least four steps on Jordan Lewis, running an out round. And uh, he made probably one decent play. It came in the Rams scrimmage, and he had both hands on the football, and he wasn't able to pull down his one interception opportunity that he's had, whereas Kennedy has already had at least four from what I've seen. So I think Kennedy's been the most impressive. Jordan Lewis has been the most where you really expected something and, and didn't really get it. And I think that's pretty indicative of how that, that battle is going right now. I think both are going to share a, a lot of the snaps early this year. Kyle, one of the things that I noticed on Hard Knocks was Mike McCarthy and Stephen Jones talking about Ezekiel Elliott and where he was with the amount of carries and the amount of work that he's had thus far in his career and saying and I took from that that maybe he may not get as much work in the preseason before he's had some slow starts when he didn't get a whole lot of work in the preseason and maybe I'm just old and I know I'm old but old school <laughs> thought you know I I feel like you he don't probably have to sell yourself out like that. well I know but <laughs> yeah he does to to me I feel like you know getting a little bit of work in the preseason just gets him lathered up for the regular season is that just so old school that it doesn't work like that anymore, or should they think about, hey, let's try to get him not in midseason form, but a little stride ahead before we get to the season? You know, I think it, it depends on who you talk to, Ward, because it, there's really no wrong answer unless somebody gets hurt. And I think that's the reason why they they tend to, to, to lean on the, the careful side is because the only time you're wrong in that regard is if somebody gets hurt and they miss time in the regular season. And with Zeke, and of course the running back position in general, I mean, I'll even go to a Waco prospect in, in Ladanian Tomlinson. The guy had 13 career carries in the entire preseason at all. And then I'm not necessarily comparing Zeke to, to Ladanian Tomlinson, but I'm comparing the running back position uh, together. And it, it's a position that's not like quarterback, where you see guys like Tom Brady and, and Matthew Stafford wanting to play in the preseason so they can connect with their receivers. With running back, you, you take a handoff the same way you do in practice. 
and you, you run up the middle, you don't necessarily want that pitch count of hits that your body can take in the NFL to continue to trickle down with just a couple of series uh, throughout the preseason and throughout training camp. So I think it's more of erring on the side of being careful because of the risk that it takes from the running back position versus the reward, whereas there's a ton of reward in a couple different positions of running the ball and getting that extra work in. Uh, and I, I just don't think running back is specifically that one. And you mentioned Zeke and his history in the preseason uh, as well. I mean, that's a guy who he missed one preseason because it was canceled last year. He missed the one in 2019 because he was holding out and trying to get his, his extra big-time contract. He hasn't really played any preseason games since, what, 2016, 2018? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are really the two years that he saw any kind of time. So outside of that, I, I would agree you, you want some of those carries, but I think with a guy like Zeke, you're not going to see it. Okay, Kyle, so tonight's game, or tomorrow night's game, uh, the presentation from the Cowboys, any different from tomorrow night than what we saw uh, the other night in the in the Hall of Fame game? I mean, it was it was pretty vanilla, and it was mainly guys trying to make a club. Yeah, I think you're going to see a little bit more of the Cowboys than you did, I think, during that, that Hall of Fame game. It was pretty noted going into it. Mike McCarthy did not want to take his full squad, did not want to play his starters. I think now that we're getting into the actual preseason, you're going to see more of guys like Garrett Gilbert, who's definitely the the most available quarterback at the moment. You're probably going to see both C.D. Lamb and uh, uh, Michael Gallup, and you'll probably see Randy Gregory in that defensive line. Those are guys you didn't see uh, in the the Hall of Fame game because also Mike McCarthy was playing it like a – uh, a two-week, two-game schedule that week because they were practicing against the Ram on Saturday. So, I think back and forth, you're going to see more action from those ones, maybe even from the twos a little bit more so than the guys just trying to make the team. There's still going to be a very good mix of both, but I would fully anticipate to see some of the bigger names out there here in Phoenix than I than we did in Canton a week ago. With the four-game schedule, is that really a benefit for the Cowboys in any way other than maybe those bubble players might get an extra look or might get an extra uh, preview to maybe some other teams seeing them before they get cut off the roster? Well, I think the biggest benefit, Ward, is probably the extra week of practice going into the season because since you play in the, the Hall of Fame game, both the Steelers and the Cowboys were able to report the training camp a week prior than the rest of the NFL, and I think that's where the value lies. Sure, you're, you're going to learn a lot of the, about those guys that are on the bubble, and uh, especially in special teams, trying to make the team and, and trying to find a spot. But outside of, of a couple of select guys that are right there on the, the make-it-or-break-it line, I think the extra week of practice is where really where both Mike McCarthy and then even Mike Tomlin talked about it a little bit last week of that's where the advantage is of having that that extra preseason game, that Hall of Fame game to kind of ramp up and get ready for the year. I, I know we talked about Dak earlier, but and, and we haven't touched on the backup quarterback situation. Is mm-hmm. is the break glass emergency quarterback in camp for the Cowboys right now after what you saw in week one? Yeah, that's tough uh, because Gary Gilbert is competing against the rest of the NFL right now, no doubt. And he's not necessarily competing against Ben DiNucci and Cooper Rush for the backup spot. I think Gilbert is your backup quarterback right now. But 
I think there's going to be a lot of answers. With the two series that he played, I don't think they have that answer yet. I think they're going to see a lot more of him tomorrow night. I wouldn't be surprised if he played an entire half, maybe more, of football. I think you're going to see a lot of Garrett Gilbert tomorrow, especially because Cooper Rush has been a little limited at the quarterback spot, and I think Gilbert will get those de facto reps. But, yeah, uh, if if there is a, ca- a cap casualty, a camp casualty at the end, of training camp for some of these rosters around the NFL, I would not be surprised if the Cowboys don't feel comfortable with Gary Gilbert, they would go out and get a call. But I think right now he is that guy, Ward. All right, Kyle, man, we uh, we do appreciate your time. Thanks so much for, uh, for popping on. Enjoy Phoenix, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, guys. I'll let you know how much I sweat by the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I appreciate you having me. Y'all have fun. Hey, see you later.